everybody, and welcome to Input 2. I am your host, Emily Rubin, and I'm very sad because we are no longer in the Halloween season, which means I can't rant about horror movies anymore. But we do get a rant about other movies, I guess, so that's very cool. With me today, I have two new voices. So over here we have... Trevor Sheffield. And then... Sam Lance. Yay, new voices. I keep wanting to say faces, but none of you can see them. Our voices, not the faces of the internet. That's very, that's too deep for this podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk <laughs> about a very uh, popular film, I should say. It's more of a meme, more than a film, and that is the one and only Shrek. <laughs> I love the faces I just saw when I said Shrek. <laughs> so it, it should be common knowledge by now that, you know, a reboot has been announced. How do yeah. we feel about that? Uh, can I tell who's making it, or are we? Saying no, ab- uh, we're going to talk about it a little more. But like, go ahead, say it. It's being produced. Okay, so this requires a bit of context at the start. So a few years ago, um, Universal Studios, the people in charge of, they currently own Blue Sky Animation, who did the Ice Age movies, and they're also responsible for um, Illumination, which is responsible for Despicable Me, The Minions, the best movie. <laughs> and recently, they bought out DreamWorks after a, dis- a distribution deal with Fox, petered out after they released the Captain Underpants movie, which, I must say, was actually really enjoyable. But Hot take, but okay. <laughs> it is not a hot take. I am right. Now, as I was saying, uh, so uh, after, this, uh, after they had been bought out, there was talks of Shrek 5 in the making, mm-hmm. to which everyone responded, okay. But now we've got, But now we've gotten more news. We found out that apparently Chris Melodondri, the guy who was for the most part responsible for Blue Sky and Illumination up to this point, has decided to take over the reins for this new Shrek film and has decided to completely do away with any continuity from the prior films, establishing it as a reboot. Those always work so well. But with the <laughs> same cast. Yeah. Which I, yeah, how I'm getting. How do you do it without the same cast, though? I mean, but Mike by that Myers. same token, if yeah. you're going to scrap everything except for the cast, I mean, isn't that just basically that Powerpuff Girls reboot that we got like a few years ago that nobody really hey, liked? I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I'm excited for it, but who knows? We'll get a little more in detail with that. But yeah, uh, that's why we're talking about Trek today because we're going to get a super cool reboot question mark. So let's talk a little bit about the OG Shrek because, you know, that started all of this. So Shrek was released in May on May 16, 2001 by the uh, DreamWorks Animation Company. Uh, it was directed by Andrew Adamson. And prior to Shrek, he only worked as a special effects supervisor. So that's actually quite a leap for somebody to just go to from like that to directing a film. But he also co-directed with Vicki Jensen. And... I used to love this film that she storyboarded for. Uh, she was a storyboard supervisor for Chicken Run, which... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the Ardman film. <laughs> yeah, and it actually scarred me. Um, oh, well, of course, I mean... It did scar me, but I still love it. And the animated Road to El Dorado, which I am not very much a fan of because they're very clearly just trying to copy Disney. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that movie. It's like there's... That entire era of DreamWorks animation is kind of fascinating in that... They were trying to tell the stories that Disney would not tell. And originally, Road to El Dorado mm-hmm. was meant to be a PG-13 animated film, <laughs> but was cut down to a PG as a result of I don't think we films. were ready for mainstream like adult animated <laughs> movies that look more Disney-esque. Do you, think we're, do you think we kind of hit that point, though? I mean, uh, I mean, we now we have more in terms of like Sausage Party... You know, I am oh, not. Oh, you just stole my joke out from under my rug. 
Sorry. No, no, <laughs> I feel like fine. that Sinbad movie DreamWorks made was really good, though. I, I, uh, the animation on that movie is fabulous. But that's kind of the thing. It's like, as we're going to get into on this podcast, a lot of what DreamWorks has done, and a lot of the reason why Shrek even came to be in the first place was because of this reactionary kind of wave in regards to Disney. Yes, and... and- they have quite the complicated relationship, <laughs> as we will get into, and it's my favorite topic in all of animation. Oh, it is, it's 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 the it's like uh, you don't really see you know people talking about the the beef in animation these days, partially because you know there's a lot more emphasis put on like oh the the nonsense that comes out of things like Suicide Squad, and partially because if you say something wrong about the animation industry, they can blacklist you up like nowhere. That's kind of why Boss Baby won. <laughs> got like awards. <laughs> well, I mean, Boss Baby. I'm gonna reiterate, Boss Baby. I think that film traumatized me. <laughs> it's like here's like I work. I I used to work and I kind of work in a movie theater and I worked in a movie theater when we got Boss Baby for its grand premiere. Well, not the grand premiere, but you know what I mean. Yes. And so it's like everybody at the theater was like, you know, I'm, this isn't gonna work. We were like the Titanic. It's like, oh, the Titanic ship that's uh, never gonna sink. We were like, yeah, yeah. N- I, <laughs> and then I got into work that day, and every single screening of DreamWorks's The Boss Baby was sold out for two days straight. Well, and then at the end of my and the end of that weekend, I was like, you know what? If this is getting so much, why not see it? And so I went to go see it in a fairly packed house in 3D. <laughs> in 3D. And I've not been the same man since, and I don't know if that's a good. Well, that thing was or your thing. fault. So I'm a I don't masochist, know what to okay? That's what I do. I, I willingly went to go see Norma the North in theaters. You know what? We're going to stray back to Shrek because when you bring up Norma the North, it's time to stop. It is time to go back to safety. I, safety, <laughs> safety of Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Fine Shrek is actually sense. based off of a book, which I'm sure most of you know. It's by William Stieg, and it's you know the same name. It's it's Shrek. <laughs> it's a book. Shrek. It's, Shrek. it's like a children's Shrek book. Shrek um, And, you know, the legacy of Shrek is huge, and we'll touch on that in a second, but it actually won the first ever Best Animated Feature at the 74th Academy Awards. Didn't it beat out uh, Monsters, Inc. and uh, Jimmy Neutron? Yes, it did. It beat... I, I, I How get Jimmy Neutron. I really don't get I Monsters Inc. I think though. Monsters, Monsters Inc. was great. Was the better film. Honestly, oh, it's like honestly of the three, it's like I love Jimmy Neutron for that kind of sense of '90s cheese, and it's like the and animation is so. It's like I have a fascination with films from that kind of era where it's like we're getting the hang of CG, but we're not quite there yet. And it so looks we terrible to, if you look at it now. But it's that's kind of the charm. It's like that's the reason why I like like. Part, that's partially the reason why I like the old Tron is that the visuals have aged like milk, but in a way it almost kind of gives this like ethereal, like this movie should not exist in this day and age, but yet it does. <laughs> you know, if you watch Monsters, Inc., though, that movie still holds up yes. incredibly oh, completely, well. Completely. Yeah, Pixar did a fabulous like, job. Yeah. Oh, no, it's like there's two It's like there's two completely different ways that you can do CG. It's like uh, from that kind of time, there's you know CG that's done right, and then there's CG that's done wrong. But over time, <laughs> it basically becomes its own visual style as opposed to being techn- technological, like, hang-ups. Yeah, Nickelodeon huh. didn't exactly succeed in that. But yes, Shrek, uh, it beat out those two films. And you know what? It sounds like we all disagree with the Monsters, Inc. decision, so maybe we should take it back. But other than the awards it's won, and it's won so many more, but we're not going to list them all here because we would be here all day. Um, it spawned this huge franchise meme culture and a musical (laughs) um so shrek has three sequels uh shrek 2 shrek the third very creative name and (laughs) shrek forever after and the quality of these films after the second film just they plummet not to mention the two puss in boots spinoff films which Uh, actually there was only one no there's another one coming oh well 
Sorry. We'll get into is, that. We're getting into that later. That's there is a that's then movies. then. This is now now. Um, eight short films, <laughs> strange but okay, and then two television specials and two television series. I've never seen a Shrek television series. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I've no. seen one of those. Oh, wait, no, though. no. I, I, I know what they're talking about. They're referring. I know in one they're referring to a, a Netflix series based on Puss in Boots. I don't know about the other series though. I, I distinctly, don't either. I the only one that I distinctly remember, uh, the only TV series from is like DreamWorks has done a lot of TV shows, especially in this kind How to of train your dragon post Netflix age, yeah. where basically they just turn a, th- a thing into a TV show just to see if it has legs. And one of the first ones that they did with Netflix was a Puss in Boots show. Yep. So uh, maybe Wasn't it like other? a YouTube show too with Shrek. That in might it? be it. Yeah, yeah that, that might be it. it. If I distinctly remember, it was it was like it was a voice actor and it was Shrek, but it was mocap so that they wouldn't have to actually animate it. Mm. Thanks, DreamWorks. <laughs> this is what I needed. <laughs> Give me that mocap Shrek. I need that in my life. <laughs> uh, as I we need, mentioned, I, I need Mike Myers in that ping pong ball suit real bad. <laughs> as we mentioned, there was a fifth film planned uh, that did not come through, and if you look at the plummeting quality of the sequels you can kind of see why i believe the original title for part five pardon for my interrupting was either shrek goes fifth or shrek pleads the fifth which can only get out of my podcast i have so many questions please leave the room I'm that was so terrible. Intrigued. Wow. It's, it's like it's like the sequel for jimmy neutron that was pitched but never got past way it was jimmy neutron 2 the search for carl carl there's so many <laughs> there, there's so many questions that can be derived from both of these titles that i just yeah, Jimmy Neutron's had a pretty big impact on meme culture too. It's not just Shrek. Monsters Inc. Though I feel like it's not really the like, same thing. Because Monster, okay. Because Monsters Inc. was made by filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah whoa. Like Mon- Monsters Inc. I'm is kidding, like I'm you can take I know, that I'm literally. Throwing here, I'm throwing here. But Shrek. I mean, it's not incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Don't you mean not incorrect? No, no. Gosh, I don't want you on this podcast oh anymore. Oh my god. So there was also Stop. a musical. Um, I actually have not seen the musical outside oh, I of with it once. You did? Yeah, yeah, I was backstage for it. I wasn't in it, but I was backstage for that show and wow, that was really something. Remember there was one time when they were doing the performance and the wing on one of the dragons like or on the dragon character like cuz they would they like moved them during the show. Right. I'm like waving my arms to show you but you can't <laughs> see. Um but like the the wing stopped working. So like it was like me running around backstage like I need to duct tape this right now oh, no. <laughs> cuz this goes on in like 5 minutes. It like barely happened, but I mean it did like it went out there, so You did it. Yeah, I, the magic I did of theater. It. I've Somehow. seen um when I, I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't seen it live, so I personally thought it was not needed. Um, yeah, it really didn't like being backstage and hearing those songs many, many times, it did not feel necessary. I'm never as a going show. to watch it again. I can't see I can't imagine having to work that show like every night. I've I've never seen the Shrek musical, but the more that you guys talk about it, I really want to see it. It's um so interesting little side note. Oh, I know I I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen like clips of like, oh, the actors doing their thing and it's like this was a great idea. I saw um, Hamilton last summer, and the lead, Aaron Burr's character, I was looking at his playbill, and he was Donkey in a Shrek performance Ooh. on Broadway. So that's interesting. I guess I wish I knew his name, but I, I threw the donkey. playbill. <laughs> but he was actually quite good. So, I, I mean, maybe well, I maybe mean... he was a great Donkey, too. I don't know. But uh, the musical was created in November 2008, and it toured the U.S. from July 2010 to 2011. Um. Yeah, I'm not sad. I missed that. And then uh. <laughs> Shrek also kind of inspired the rise of like these satirical fairy tale 
animated films. And the one yeah. that comes to mind that I distinctly remember going to the theaters and hating, and I st- looking back, it's even worse. It's Hoodwinked. Okay, you know, I uh, loved that as a kid. Can I? Can I? Can I you give can, a hot take? Hot take. I'm the, I'm Mr. Hot Take tonight, everybody. Everybody, watch out. Put on your flame retardant clothes. I thought Hoodwinked was well written, but it was it was its lack of good animation. I mean, it's like they tried to write off the animation in press by saying, oh, it was inspired by old Rankin-Bass cartoons. But yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, I, I speak a big game about how, you know, like old computer animation like has a charm to it. The animation in this film, and especially in the sequel, is just bad, even by my standards. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to discredit the work of the animators. No, no, but it's like, if you want to see like the, almost the epitome of like bad theatrical quality animation as of that time, this is your benchmark. Yeah. When's the last time you watched the original Shrek? Because that animation does not hold up at all. Oh, the I watched it last does. night. Yeah. It's uh, especially textures. Yeah, they look really bad. They're not particularly good, but I didn't find them offensive. No. You know, I can look at it. But... I, 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 it's been so long since I've seen Hoodwinked, I can't particularly remember what it was like, but I, I just want to point out that the original Shrek is not aged as well as the second one does and i think when people remember what shrek looks like it's if they the have second. yeah they think yeah. of the second one well you know but hoodwinked and then we need to move on because we're not talking about hoodwinked uh just like the character sheets that they have to make the, like the designs they aren't good so like even though shrek's animation isn't necessarily stellar by today's standards like i can look at them and be like that's a nice looking character yeah. in concept like well, well it's like before we move on i'm gonna get us back to shrek is it okay if i can point out like a funny anecdote from the first movie go for it okay so while on production for the movie y'all remember that moment where they're going back to shrek's shack after he's met donkey and donkey's looking around and he's like this boulder that is a nice boulder you probably remember the boulder in that film the one on the the hill the boulder so, was my childhood now now <laughs> there's a reason why donkey says that it's because the animators were really freaking proud of that boulder, and they wanted some admittance that they, that that boulder was worth the time and money to make. Are you serious? They literally rewrote part of the script so that Eddie Murphy could point out how good the boulder looked because the <laughs> animators and, te- and and modelers took a lot of time making that boulder. I hope that one day I'm so proud of something that I can like write an entire script sequence about it. Or not animators a sequence, died like, to make that boulder. <laughs> I mean, probably. They had to go back and forth through San Dimas in the snow. He has with been, a laptop. Ever since I asked Trevor to be on this podcast, he's like, can I talk about the boulder? <laughs> so I'm it's like, it's boulder. one of the best stories about this movie, <laughs> about how the entire script was partially changed just so that we can give that boulder some lip surface. God darn it. So to you animators who might be out there that animated that boulder, God bless you. Or modeled it, rather. Or whatever. But Same thing. Sense. All right. God bless you, you beautiful, but I mean, people. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was trying to... Never mind. Continue. So... We've talked about how Shrek did incredibly well, and it's become this huge sensation, huge franchise. We didn't even get into the games and everything. It's a big <sighs> Shrek thing. Super slam. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 88% audience rating. Um, sorry, it has an 80, 88% critic rating and a 90% audience rating. And that's pretty typical. Usually audience ratings are higher than the critic rating. But um, for an animated film in like 2001 to get an 88%, uh, I think that that's very telling. A not Disney animated oh, right. film. Because um, obviously Disney was 
it owned the market when before DreamWorks came in there was really no big competition so for the first foray into like 3D animation like going against Pixar that's incredible it's like other studios attempted to kind of ride that wave I distinctly remember uh, Fox they tried to upstart an animation division with Don Bluth who was responsible for The Secret of Nim, Land Before Time etc etc and a film that they released around that time I believe was called it was titled Titan AE which attempted to fuse both uh, CG and 2D it failed horribly. <laughs> it yes. closed that whole studio, didn't it? Yes, it did. That was the one that shut the whole thing down. It made Michigan J. Fox come down from his ivory tower and just say, shut it down. Shut it all down. And I love Don Bluth, so that's a shame. Yeah. But what I like to do on this podcast is I like to highlight a positive critic review and a negative one because I find they're very interesting. Uh, the positive review I have is from Matt Brunson with Creative Loafing. Odd. <laughs> Uh, publication name but <laughs> awesome job matt uh he says the first oscar for best animated feature went to shrek an absurd choice this is a positive review mind you to those of us who believed that pixar's monsters inc was the year's best tune flick still this is nevertheless a snappy comedy and manages to stick it to the entire genre i picked that because like we all even right here we're all like yeah monsters inc should have won yeah um and that doesn't discredit shrek especially for like we hadn't really seen this jab at disney before yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. i don't really th- it's definitely a positive review and i love the description of it is snappy i don't know i just like his little it's review. got a little bit of whip fire to it it does um and then the negative review i have is from christy lemire with the associated press and she said after a 90 minute onslaught of in jokes here's a real punchline Shrek strives to have heart. Supposedly, there's a message about beauty coming from within, but somehow it rings hollow. What do we think about that? Well, they're not wrong in a way. Yeah. Tell me, what do you, why? why? It's like they say it's nothing but in-jokes, and it's like that's partially because, oh, it's winking, making winks at nods at, you know, obviously fairy tale features and kind of the tropes that have become to associate with them. But also because, um, can I get into this? Uh, what? <laughs> Go ahead. The big, the big thing behind Shrek, the reason why Shrek and DreamWorks nope. all kind of okay. Nope, we're gonna get into okay, it. Okay, we'll save it's that for later. It's a secret. <laughs> but otherwise, I com- I can kind of completely agree with you know in jokes. Uh, but that's kind. Ca- it's like I can't really agree with it not having heart because I do feel that it makes a sincere effort at you know it's it is built on in jokes and kind of references to other things, but it's at least trying to use that to springboard a greater point about the media that we have. Yeah, what do you think, Sam? I mean, I feel like Shrek is heart, right? I mean, I feel like there's no way that a movie could, like, be this popular if it didn't have heart. I mean, I feel like even movies that are universally considered to be bad can have a sense of heart about them. And I feel like Shrek is a little jagged around the edges, right? And it's certainly not as much of a polished, like, it's not as polished as, like, Monster Inc. was, not to go back to that. But, like, you know, I feel like there there is heart to the story that they're telling. And it's clear that the people who made Shrek were really passionate about making Absolutely. Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. Um, to say Shrek doesn't have heart, I think, I, I, I have to wonder if you even really watched the movie fully. Now, I, I think it's fair to say, and I know Trevor will get into this a little more, maybe um, it does have heart, but um, its heart is feeling a lot of malice it's a very malicious film it's, a, it, look, uh, it's like it, i think i think what they say it's an angry film they say it has heart but to them it had more fart <laughs> you Get know it. what <laughs> i i feel like some people 
really don't like the kind of humor that Shrek has. I think if you don't like Shrek's humor, uh, this is not the film for you um, because yeah, it, it's if you consistent. If you don't like that kind of s- cynical kind of like late 90s, early 2000s kind of humor, in addition to fart jokes, like a lot of fart jokes, like this man lights a, f- a campfire with his own flatulence jokes, then yeah. I'd say that's a, that's a no bueno. Yeah, but even the spider criticisms, this this movie destroyed the box office in a good way. Uh, the opening weekend, it made over forty two million, and then, <laughs> like that's for an, again, I'm highlighting like an animated, not Disney film. That's incredible. So what you're saying is that all the other films that year got completely and utterly shut out of the box office. Uh, in some ways, depends I mean, what movies you're talking about. Didn't Monsters Inc. do pretty well? Yeah, too? Monsters Inc. did fabulous. I'm just saying, for Shrek, a not Disney movie to do so well, did fabulously. So what you're saying is that they got Shreked. Did you just okay? Bait <laughs> and switch, baby. You know what? I'm gonna bait and switch over to the <laughs> film. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Shrek a little bit. Like the movie, what are some of our... We've criticized it quite a bit, but what do we love about Shrek? Uh, well, coming from the perspective of somebody who's like very invested into the animation industry, some aspects of the film that I, I find genuinely interesting from a historical context. And also, it's just coming from the place that it was in, it's like the era of animation that it, it kind of was sprouted from was this one where everything had this kind of genuine quality to it. And also this kind of idea where, you know, the beautiful people were the ones who always won. You know, it's like in Sleeping Beauty and, you know, most Disney features at that time, it's like ugly was evil, you know, darkness was evil, the bad guy was the bad guy. And here it's subverting that kind of trope that was the norm at the time and using it to make a greater point about how we treat outcasts in society. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Sam, what do you think? I, I feel like, yeah, there's like a definite theme on, in the first two movies, which are the ones that are really worth watching. I feel like, you know, the, the main character is feeling insecure about themselves and how they look and things like that is a serious, like, a theme about them. And I feel like that's, I, I feel like this could be wrong, but I feel like that's not something that's, during that time period before Shrek came out was something that was commonly something that would be in movies like that. Especially not a mainstream movie. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we love Shrek, right? We all do love Shrek in some way. Or at least we have a lot of nostalgia for it. So I can't imagine if you're listening to this, you not having seen Shrek. But you know what? I'm gonna, Maybe you haven't. So you two, tell me very, very basic what is Shrek? What oh, is it? Okay, so Shrek. Shrek is the story of a vaguely Scottish ogre who lives in a swamp <laughs> who doesn't want people around because he's an outcast and pushes away the people he loves, in which case there are no people at the start of this film because he's the stereotypical ogre. But then, one day, a bunch of fairy tale creatures are made refugees upon his land by an evil king who tries to crashly commercialize everything. And in order to get his swamp back, he must go rescue a princess for the king with the aid of a talking donkey voiced by that one guy from Rush Hour. And through shenanigans abound, he finds love and ultimately true self-worth from within. That really sounded like you just read it off of like IMDb. I just came up with all that off the top of my head. That was really nice. That was great. I mean, it hits most of the major points, you know. Yeah, like... You should write for IMDb. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was awesome. Maybe. Wow, I don't think I have to add anything to that. Does IMDb have a writing team? Or no, it's just, just random people. Mm. <laughs> it's like the Wikipedia. Then. 
Or yeah, it's like Wikipedia then. That's why you can't. You can kind of trust IMDb a little bit. But yeah, no. Um, what are our favorite parts of the movie? I, I feel like my favorite part of Shrek is the part where they go to the castle. Um, just because Duloc, I, right? No, not Duloc. No, no. That, that, oh. I mean the, the tower where um, oh, oh, Fiona oh, is. Oh, okay. I just remember thinking that the fire and stuff there was really cool. Yeah. As a kid, I think that was probably my favorite part, like seeing the dragon and everything. Yeah. yeah. I was. I, was me- I remember I was watching Shrek 2 the other day, and I I just had never really thought about how the dragon, like, doesn't really appear in the second one at all. No. Yeah, like, that's just that character's just gone until Shrek the third. Is that a bad thing? Well, I mean, they do, re- <laughs> they do reappear in Far, Far Away Idol. Well, or no, the, wasn't there an end credit scene? I, no, I'm not far, sure. Far if it Far Away was... Idol isn't a credit scene. No, no, it's wait. It's a bonus oh, on the DVD. No, I, I remember now. They were she comes back in the end credit scene when we meet the drunkies. That's that's what I was saying. Like, is that oh, a bad thing? You know, that's right, that's, yeah. that's when we get a hint of the horrors to even come. A, even as a kid, those little babies, I was like, that ain't right. I I, <laughs> I, I, I more so question the logistics of it. I mean, just like. No, no, no. For the second one is why do they take that carriage like all the way over there instead of just um, like having the dragon fly them to the ca- to the castle where Fiona's parents are? Like why? You do know, they- because it's, Shrek it's like, 4D explains. It's it, like in Lord of the Rings. Maybe. Why don't they just ride the eagles? It's about the journey, Sam. Yeah, it's about the journey <laughs> and Eddie Murphy sounding really obnoxious and Mike Myers making a funny yell. Yeah, but um, in the first movie, something that always stuck out to me, um, I just. You know, I always thought Shrek was fine, um, but I think as a kid, I kind of missed the whole, like, the hype around it. So when I watched it last night, I was like, okay, maybe now I'm smarter and wittier. And a lot of the jokes are just so forced. And again, the time is different. Like, now we live in an era where it's not uncommon for animation to have this type of humor. It's not uncommon to have a bunch of, you know, adult jokes slipped in. But I couldn't help but watch and be like, wow, you're really trying for that, aren't you? (laughs) You know, I feel like when you watch anything it's got the whole you have to accept this i'm trying to remember what the word is for that suspension of disbelief yes i feel like during the early 2000s it was easier to get an audience to willingly suspend their disbelief and laugh at something than it is today i feel like today like the reason why jokes from some of those movies don't really land is because we have a much higher barrier of entry before we are willing to suspend our disbelief than we did then yeah that's true it's like in this kind of post-Pixarian age of films. I, I realize they're still making movies, but you know, not obviously quite at well, the yeah, same. They're still like, making movies. They're not at the levels of which they once were. No, they are not. It's like in this kind of post-Pixarian age, it feels like films are more willing to, you know, be aim higher with their humor. Yeah. But back then, because this was kind of untreaded territory, they just decided to go all in on the gross out, like, like yeah, hardcore, like. Like I said, the opening of the film is your main character wiping his butt with a fairy book, and then, you know, to to Smash Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the words to describe the sequence, but it's already ingrained in all of our minds, so I, it bears no description. I completely I'm, forgot Smash Mouth was in this movie. You completely forgot Smash Mouth. Last, yeah, last night. Shrek is the reason why Smash Mouth is still making d- money. I know. I, I saw them live once. It was uh, kind <laughs> of an experience. I think you might be the only person that I've ever met that's like acknowledged Smash, Smash Mouth as anything but a meme and not. Well, like a they played in my town. Um, oh no! And <laughs> I remember I was there with uh, with a few friends and. Um, was this they, before the meme or after the meme? This was like a few years ago, so this is definitely after oh my the gosh. meme. Oh, pre-meme. Um, they, Hold on, everybody. 
they got so intoxicated at this performance, <laughs> both both through uh, substances and through alcohol, that Great. they had to apologize in the school newspaper, or not in the school, in the town like newspaper for how they had acted. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like... Like you went and there were like three people in like Shrek costumes and it was just like everybody like in this field. It was it was like a free thing, you know, and everybody was just going crazy for Smash Mouth. And like you couldn't even tell whether they were lip syncing or not because, I mean, they might as well have been, you know. This is the greatest story I've ever heard. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like like Smash Mouth are bad people, even though that they did that. I think that's just how they are. I mean, like. I I think they've reached a point after the meme where it's like, oh, we're 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 the new hotness again. Would you guys care? This is like this is like their Star Is Born story, where after they, you know, urinate on the stage at the Grammys. Spoilers for a Star Is Born. They get themselves back together. So. Well, like, okay, if you're Smash Mouth and your legacy is pretty much like Shrek, would you? I'm, I'm not sure I'd go on stage and try my best at yeah, that point. Like, I, I don't blame them. I agree. But yeah, um, so Shrek is a pretty simplistic film. It, you don't watch it for the story. I guess you watch it for the characters, but it's mostly the humor. Um. But what's really interesting about Shrek, are you ready, Trevor? Aye, aye, Captain. We're going to get into the making of Shrek with one of my favorite people to talk about, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Oh, my God. So, Jeffrey K. and Michael Eisner. Um, I, there's an article by Kim Masters with The Hollywood Reporter, and she does a really excellent job of doing the best like TLDR of this entire thing. So I just want to give it a shout-out to her. Thank you so much, Kim. But let's get into it. So... Katzenberg, who had been working for Disney, and this is before DreamWorks even existed, and Michael Eisner was in charge. So Katzenberg had been wanting a promotion, and he had been pushing hard for a promotion. He wanted a bigger title at Disney, and he also wanted to buy a television network. And Eisner was like, no, that's too expensive. Now, now to clarify, Katzenberg was kind of in charge of Disney's film division, whereas Eisner was the guy in charge. Like, and overall. Katzenberg reinvigorated the animation department. Like, his influence on Disney, he's not just some, like, employee. Like, he... He is, was top dog. And he, he really, like... He's responsible for a lot of the beautiful, like, 90s animated Disney films that we have. So Eisner really owes this guy a lot. I think that's really important to clarify. And then Eisner told him basically to saw it off. And then Katzenberg with David Geffen and another, and I believe Steven Spielberg basically reenacted that old Futurama bit where it's like, I'll, I'm going to go make my own animation studio with Blackjack and Hookers. Yeah, basically. So what Eisner had told Katzenberg is like, well... You know Frank Wells? You know Frank, the vice chairman? If if anything happens to Frank, he's fired, he leaves, or the other option, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, that's your job, man. Like, you can have it. So, in 1993, and this is incredibly unfortunate, um, he, oh, sorry, it was actually 1994, Frank Wells died in a helicopter, tra- a helicopter crash on a ski trip, and it took the lives of four other people, and that's absolutely horrific, and it absolutely sent Disney into a frenzy. Now, Katzenberg, understandably, was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have that job. So he goes into work, and he's waiting, you know, for the call from Eisenberg, for not from Eisner, yeah, from Eisner, not Eisenberg, my bad. And that call never comes. Instead, there is a newsletter that's passed out that says no one's going to take Frank Wells' position. Um, so, <laughs> so that's a little... 
Whoops. I feel like I feel like in his position, like I I would feel genuinely hurt. Yes. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the idea of immediately going into work and just waiting for the phone call, but <laughs> I do think that Eisner, at the very least, owed him a personal like. Uh, pers- should have personally talked to him before yes. just sending out that memo. I feel like the real issue with this and like why this becomes such a thing is just the in the impersonal nature of that that first initial thing. Is yeah. like here here's the thing with Eisner that you kind of have to realize, you know, Eisner for the longest time, you know, at, at first he was kind of responsible for bringing the company back from the brink after Walt had passed. Yeah, he, he But as time went on, he his idea of more so commercializing Disney at, overall basically led to another decline, especially in the early 2000s where he was basically trying to catch the new hotness with film after film, especially le- basically leading to such things as like uh Chicken Little and among others. Yes. And so with Katzenberg, you know, by doing this, in a sense, that is like one of the first nails in the coffin for his legacy. <laughs> yes. So after all this happened and they had a huge fight and then they were like, OK, we'll settle this later. Well, later didn't really come. Instead, Katzenberg was later fired from the company. So what Katzenberg did is he paired with David Geffen and Steven Spielberg and they created DreamWorks Animation in 1994. And not we all know DreamWorks is doing relatively well. It's it's yeah. basically the biggest competitor to Disney and Even, Pixar. But by that same token, recently in in recent years, they've been dealing with some. You know, they, they, their films have not been as big of hits as. No, they you know, haven't. But they are still competing with Disney. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't know until like I read this for this that the DreamWorks was that new of a company. I'd always figured they were like an old thing. It oh, feels no, like no, they're no, like no. forever, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean the DreamWorks like producing house maybe, but otherwise. You know, DreamWorks Animation has only been around since, you know, the three of them decided, let's just make an animation studio so we can get back at Disney. And there's my thing is, like, maybe it just feels that way to me because, like, my whole life, I've always grown up with that. It's Disney and Pixar. Yeah. And as a kid, I didn't know the difference. They were all just animated films. You know, weirdly enough, I'm actually older than Shrek. Am I older than Shrek? I am older than Shrek, too. That's great. What what year Shrek came out? Uh, 2001. Oh, yeah. 1998. I got a two-year jump. Oh wow, you're all babies. I'm 95. Gosh, 90, I'm 97. Oh dear God. Gosh, oh man. Kill me. I was somewhat older when Shrek came out, but yeah. So um, this 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 little fight right here between Katzenberg and Eisner, this is what made DreamWorks versus Disney. Um, and I just kind of want to side note this because I think it's funny. Um, Katzenberg filed a massive lawsuit against Disney. <laughs> um, it was like it cost Disney 27 million, not including legal fees. Isn't that crazy? Like, Wait, I thought it was 270. Yep. What did I say? You said 27. Thank you. Not 27 million. <laughs> no, 270 million. Thank you for catching that. Well, because 27 would just be like a drop in the bucket for yeah, Disney. Yeah, that's but... like a penny to them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think that's so funny because like, it's Disney. You don't expect them to like really lose, and even they didn't necessarily lose, but that's a hit for any company. Oh, completely, yeah. completely. <laughs> but, like um, I said, the first stake in the coffin. And I'm going to jump back to, like, Shrek in a second, but the Disney DreamWorks, like, dichotomy, it's it's still going today. Um, and it's funny now because we're in this awkward cycle of sometimes Disney rips off of DreamWorks and DreamWorks rips off of Disney. And Ants it, it, and... It, it first started with Ants and a Bug's Life. Yep, Ants it, and a Bug's Life. Later on, it was Finding Nemo and Shark Tale. Though Ants and a Bug's Life is kind of difficult to say whose came first well, just actually, because of claims yeah yeah there, there's claims that ants was in development before bugs life claims about the otherwise all i, I know that there, john lasseter was not happy yes it was a uh, the beginning 
it was rough for everybody. But let's go to Shrek because that's what made DreamWorks a success. In a lot of ways, I apologize for interrupting. You're fine. Shrek is basically the most pure distillation of the sheer rage and frustration that I feel Katzenberg had with the Disney company at the time. Mm -hmm. Because in in a lot of ways, it's like it's best represented through the kingdom of Duloc, uh, Lord Farquaad's kingdom, who, keep keep in mind, Farquaad... uh, He's basic, from what I remember, he's designed after Eisner. I, that might be true. It's like they used Eisner as an inspiration and it's like, you know, part of the film is like, oh, they're, you know, they've turned like this fantasy kingdom into a giant commercialized theme park with mascots walking around. They've exported all, they've, you know, basically rounded up all the fairy tale creatures and have basically just gotten rid of them or are using them for profit or turned into a rug in one sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. And so it's basically, you know, you have you know, what Disney vilifies going up against Michael Eisner in this film, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So, getting to Shrek again. Um, we mentioned previously Shrek was based off of a book, and initially Steven Spielberg is actually the one that bought the rights to the book, and he wanted to do a traditional 2D animated film, which I'm not sure it would have worked I mean, as well. No, I don't think it would have been... I, I don't think it could have been the same thing. I feel like part of the reason why Shrek is a meme is because of its art style. Exactly. And, it, like... T- 3D animation, especially in that early of an era, it captured attention because it just wasn't done as much. It simply wasn't done. It simply wasn't done. So, yeah. But John H. Williams, actually, this man went to Spielberg and he was like, let's give it to DreamWorks. Let's give this uh, Katzenberg. Let's give Katzenberg the go. And Spielberg. This totally won't blow up on <laughs> his face. I guess it was a very convincing argument. So that that's how uh, Katzenberg's. Uh, DreamWorks got Shrek. So initially, Spielberg wanted Bill Murray to play Shrek. It was Bill Murray to play Shrek and Steve Martin to play Donkey. Yep. And I I believe that uh, one. Who was supposed to play Fiona at first? Um, I'm actually not sure at the time. But it's like as time went on, eventually uh, other actors signed on for the role for Shrek, eventually getting to Chris Farley, who we all know from Saturday Night Live. Um, He had recorded actually 90% of the dialogue that was necessary up until his unfortunate death uh, due to a drug overdose, if I remember properly, which in turn eventually led to Mike Myers. Hot off the heels of uh, success with the Austin Powers series, he signed on to Shrek and did his voiceover twice, the first time normally, and the second time doing the traditional Scottish accent because it reminded him of how his mother read stories to him as a child. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't like a choice made by the filmmakers, but rather it was a choice made by Myers himself as a direct request, because uh, it's kind of come to know that Myers is a perfectionist, and if he doesn't get his way, it's it's not it's not going to be a really good time. So I remember when I was backstage for Shrek the Musical, <laughs> the guy playing Shrek, he tried to do it with a straight voice. Like, he tried to, like, read the script, do the songs, like... With as much of a straight voice as he could. Right. And it did not work until he put on a Scottish accent. So I feel like there is something there. Like, just. Oh. It's there just. Is, Scottish like, accents are kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> funny. It's just like, like, if you listen to the audio that they've released of Chris Farley doing the voice of Shrek, it isn't the same. And I really wish I could hear what Chris Farley would sound like with that Scottish. There are. Um, I mean, I think he's done at least one or two like bits on SNL where he did a Scottish accent. I, aren't I there think. not storyboards released? Yeah, 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 there were storyboards released. Yeah, but he's but doing. He, but a he was doing voice. his own voice. Mm, fair. 
the, keep in mind that the, the Scottish accent only came into play because Mike Myers demanded a direct rewrite of the script to or to let him re-record those lines with that voice. I just want to say that Trevor, you did an excellent job summarizing that, but you forgot the most important part, and that's Nicolas Cage. Oh I yeah, that's right. That. How could you even? So Nicolas Cage was actually approached to play Shrek, and he declined the role. And in an interview with Today, he said the reason he did that is because quote. When you're drawn, in a way, it says more about how children are going to see you than anything else. And I so care about that. Do you ever think, like, like imagine Shrek, but he only whispers and yells. <laughs> like, <laughs> Donkey! Can, can you, honestly, you know, Nick Cage is a meme of his own, so maybe yeah. I mean, it would have I mean, worked. But here's the thing. He, this hasn't stopped Cage from doing more animated roles. I believe he was the villain in G-Force. Yeah. Uh, but this year, he, he, he's Superman, and he's also going to be Spider-Man this year. Oh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, you beautiful son of a gun. I, f- I feel like I feel like if Nick Cage had been Shrek, it wouldn't have been as funny no. as what we imagine it could be. No, yeah, I guess, like, because I'm thinking of Nick Cage as, like, the now Nick Cage, yeah. like, the meme Nick Cage. Thinking of Nick Cage, where in every film he is both the best and worst part of the entire thing. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, if the film didn't have the charm of Mike Myers as Shrek, I'm not sure there'd be a meme. Yeah, That's, I agree. You know, if if we're going so gung ho on the Shrek reboot, we need to have Nick Cage do his own mocap for Shrek. You know what? I'm gonna say no to that one. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna counterpoint and say it would be great. I'm gonna counterpoint and say let's talk. We've already talked a little bit about you know it hasn't necessarily aged well in terms of visualization, but is it still good enough to like hold up? And it, it's obviously not a Jimmy Neutron. Um, it's oh, not a hoodwinked. I, I don't think I could watch Jimmy Neutron again, not to just dist- d- detract from Shrek, but it's just like, like I don't, like, I watched Jimmy Neutron a ton as a kid. I had a VHS tape I watched all the time, yep. but I feel like if I watched it again, it would make me hate it. I did watch it recently, and yeah. the mouths are the worst, like, they are horrific. Rough. <laughs> Shrek, I think, um, I, in my in my opinion, I think Shrek, even though it, it looks awkward, and now we can kind of laugh at some of the things, especially like when he pours mud on him, like that doesn't look yeah. like anything. He's it's, just pouring pudding on him. I see like, <laughs> I see a rendering effect <laughs> more than anything. Um, but there are so many films that look worse. Uh, I think they picked a style that holds up well. It kind of reminds me of like, kind of a strange comparison because it's a video game, but like The Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Because it's so stylized, it doesn't look dated, like, you know, the N64 titles. I don't know. One thing I always wonder about Shrek is, like, would Shrek have even become a meme if its third movie hadn't been bad? Like, is uh, it... Is you it... know, <laughs> I actually... We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, um, but okay. Sorry. No. I, no, no, no. I personally am not sure because the the hype for Shrek before the third movie and yeah. the anticipation for the third movie it's like they were going they were firing on all cylinders before the third movie and this is going to kind of it's like is it okay if I can kind of like give a proposition as to why the Shrek series kind of declined you off? can you keep asking me just do it man okay well I feel <laughs> I feel that especially after the third film and the fourth film despite its efforts to try to kind of course correct after the sheer nonsense that was Shrek three or Shrek the third. I feel that the reason why Shrek kind of petered off in public consciousness until the whole meme thing came about was because he became the beast that it was tr- that he was talking about to begin with. And when yeah. I say beast, I mean another cr- crassly commercialized film that tries to make those same kind of jokes about the big leagues, but you're already in the big leagues. You are no longer you you know, you you talked about fighting the man, but now you are the man. So it basically lost that charm of like the little guy. 
Yes. Yeah. So it's it. Yeah, I would say the third film. And I tried to replace that little guy with three little guys, and they were disgusting and ruined it. You could tell they were just kind of cash grabbing. Oh, at it's that point. it's a whole on <laughs> cash grab, baby. It's like maybe the immigrant song sequence is the best part of the film, but outside of that, it's just it's. It's just sitcom plots, and the villain is a, it's it's like we go you know Farquaad, fairy godmother with her sidekick Prince Charming, who's also her son, and then we go into Revenge of Jafar territory by having the third <laughs> film's villain be just Prince Charming again, who is basically just rehashing the plot of Happily Never After. By the way, don't watch Happily Never After; it's not good. It's uh, it's weird because now knowing that I'm older than you guys, I was what uh, when these movies came out, the like third and. Gosh, I don't know. I must have been like 10 or 12. I remember seeing the third and fourth one in theaters. I remember seeing it. Uh, the I actually stopped at the third one because I guess I was at the point where I feel like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't even remember how wrong. I ended up seeing the fourth one in theaters, but I remember not hating it. Like, I remember I saw it with my dad and my sister, and we I don't think we hated that movie. Um, I mean, like, I had a lot of nostalgia for Shrek, so I, di- I didn't, like, really, like, I, I didn't hate it enough to, like, say I wasn't going to see another one again, if that makes sense. Wow. And, then, and then eventually there's a bunch of films in between Shrek 3 after it gets you know completely blown out of the water by critics. And that eventually leads us into Shrek Forever After, or alternatively titled Shrek 4 Ever After, which basically does a It's a Wonderful Life scenario in an attempt to basically push the reboot button and try to place itself back into that underdog set. Now, I've seen this film. And whilst I personally feel that it's feel it feels kind of pointless in a lot of what it's trying to do, I can at least commend DreamWorks for trying to course correct and acknowledging the flaws of where, you know, both what they've done with the franchise. But it's it feels like too little too late. Yeah, I agree. But let's kind of talk about what you you brought it up, you know, the decline of Shrek and the rise yeah. of memedom. Oh so no, this we is going can... directly into the cringe scrap. Oh, we're go- we're diving head first. So Shrek is obviously one of the most iconic character memes on the internet, right? I don't think we'd fight that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, no, no. So we can actually pinpoint the starting when DreamWorks launched their Facebook page oh, in 2009 no. on December 1st, to be exact. A, a Christmas present. Yeah, event. I think I remember seeing those initial like shrek things on facebook right and yeah it, i do too and it, they were all very first person they were shrek talking to you and i think this is this kind of like first person is what kind of spawned the deviant art craze on shrek yeah. mm. um so an example of one for those of you who are older i mean younger and may not have been around when they were doing this uh one example for thanksgiving they did was like the day after shrek's giving is called the busiest shopping day of the year i say we call it green friday i will roar <laughs> if you agree with me <laughs> Like, it's just dumb stuff like that. Um, well, I think I found, it's like, I think I found my next pickup line. I will roar if you agree with me. It's pretty cringy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> oh, if only I could be a fly on the wall in that writing room. Well, see, that's the thing. As I feel like, you know, like Shrek 3 being bad, Shrek 4 being whatever. And then this, you know, that pushed Shrek into, I think, being cringy enough that it became ironic. Yes, that's and I don't exactly think it, it would have been ironic if there hadn't been a like if the, if the third and fourth movie had genuinely been like really good movies. I don't think that it could have reached that level of irony. It's yeah, so exactly. It seems like the arc for Shrek. It starts out as the underdog, builds itself up to being something bigger, then attempts to be the underdog again with Shrek three, but fails horribly, putting itself back into that underdog place. It then tries again, fails horribly. And now becoming the ultimate underdog, it reacclaims, it reclaims, uh, 
it basically gets its relevance back. Yes. It's basically like a phoenix. It burns itself out, but somehow it sparks up again. So we have a combination of like mostly DeviantArt and 4chan that really made Shrek into the meme we know. Oh. And we're really going to credit 4chan mostly, at least I am, because fan art is one thing. But communities are another. Uh, so in May 2012, Shrek-chan launched oh, on 4chan. Yes. And this was a digital place for, are you ready for this? This is what they call themselves. Brogers? Brogers. Yes. They really call themselves Brogers. Oh, my God. Brony is more dignified than Brogers. I mean. <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> this is just a community of Shrek. And this this is where Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Was crafted. Oh, it yeah. hurts so much. I love that I you described it, sure. it as crafted, because <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like it's it art. is. It's it really, it's like it's art. just like art. Um, I feel like memes can be art. You know, again, I'm sure that most people know what Trek is love, Trek is life is, but come on, describe it for me. Okay, well, you see, when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much, they get together and they make one of the most slightly disturbing internet videos using Gary's Mod animation tools I've ever seen in my entire life, featuring a, a young, a person implied to be a young boy or a young man, and their immediate devotion to Shrek, preying upon him every night. Shrek appears in the middle of the night, and then butt stuff happens. Yes. It's... it's Horrifying. It's it hurts so much. I remember. I but remember. I would do it for sure. I remember exactly where I was when I first saw that. <laughs> um, I was in high school, and my best friend ran up to me at lunch. Like she really just she darted and she sat next to me, and she's like, "Have you seen Shrek is Love? <laughs> Shrek is Life?" And I was like, "No, what are you talking about?" And a little group formed, and we whipped our phones out, and on like full speaker, we watched Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life, and I, we had a group of like ten people. Oh my god. Um, and we all learned that day. Um, that the internet is no longer sacred. Not that it ever was. In a but. way, in a way, this, in almost like poetry, in a week or two, we're having a film titled Ralph Breaks the Internet coming out, which in, in a lot of ways, I think Wreck-It Ralph is like, you know, Disney's equivalent to a Shrek-like character. In a lot of ways, I feel like they succeeded in that case. But in this case, I feel that it wasn't Ralph that broke the internet. It was Shrek. It was Shrek. Now, you say, like, you felt like in an instant the internet seemed less innocent to you. Yes. And I feel like the internet was such a wide open frontier, the, the, you know, the information superhighway. And then you're going along your way. It's like, wow, this could help people. We could use this to connect hospitals. We could talk to people on the other side of the planet. We can see Shrek pound a small child into oblivion. Well, <laughs> We've made a mistake. I, I feel like there is truth to what you're saying because I feel like what you're picking up on is that there's – there's a cultural distinction to how the internet was before the rough time period where that came out and what it was and what it was so like after. So pre-Shrek That's or post-Shrek? Well, it's pre-Shrek, I feel like, you know, that was a different type of meme culture. That's, I feel like, when you have, you know, the memes with lots of, like, That's the dialogue That's text. The, you the, know, those, rage comics. Yeah. The wife. Uh, the more innocent Facebook ones where there's a top text and a bottom text and an image. And I feel like once... Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life came out, and some of the other memes that are like that, they're mm -hmm. very, like, 4chan-influenced and more imagery-based. Yes. I feel like that's when memes started to go the direction that I feel like they've gone now, where so, they've become they've become more abstract. Yes. So what you're saying is that before Shrek, it was a lot more, quote-unquote, relatable humor, and once Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life, and the entire green wave came to pass, that uh, the meme community, that memes in general... Uh, basically entered this new renaissance of absurdism that has come to characterize this kind of 
uh, Gen Z, you know, wave of humor. Well, I feel like there are two avenues, I feel like, to creating something really funny. One, I think, is to be really relatable. But I also feel like shocking people is another way to, yes. like, to really... And I feel like that's when the internet started to teeter towards that is more what the collective like understanding of what is funny became more shock-based. And that's than, where we're still at right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We're still in the Rena-Shrek. No. The shrek no, no. I'm trying to find a good word for it. Uh, trash is the best word. I'm garbage. <laughs> and I throw garbage around the ring, and then I start eating trash. We're highlighting Shrek is love, Shrek is life, because I think that is the most popular Shrek meme. But, I mean, we also get dumb stuff like Shrek for Smash. We get Shrek yeah. for Smash. We get... This one's going in my cringe collection with it, where it's like a, it's a stock photo of him with like a Polaroid camera from like an ad that w- they did like way back in the day. So Shrek has just taken Got the it. internet is Shrek basically, um, and I think that uh, you know companies are aware of this and they're like it's time and now we have a reboot coming. And it's yeah. being made by the Minions people, which means that the Rena Shrekissance may be coming to an end. Yeah, because I know for a fact. That knowing these people, knowing Illumination and their tendency to make... Well, I, I don't know if Illumination is going to be taking over the franchise proper. This, this is likely still going to be a DreamWorks production, but overseen by Mel and Andre. I feel like it's going to rely a lot more on the Illumination standstills of relatable humor, easy access, anybody can laugh at it, but by that same token, nobody can laugh at it because it's all just base-level jokes and being made for as cheap as humanly possible for the maximum amount of money. So this is 17 years after the original. Uh, it's going to be oh made... It's not even 20 years old! <laughs> Universal Pictures is taking over. Um, and like you said, uh, the director of the best animated film in <laughs> uh, this, the history of ever, really. You know, I'm starting to get the feeling you may be pulling a, a goof on us when no, you say that. What? No, Lion King is nothing on Despicable Me. I, I was Minions? Th- I that changed were- my life. For okay. better or for worse? For better. But yeah, Chris Melodondri, I'm so sorry. Melodondri. Melodondri. Uh, he's directing it. I'm not particularly a fan of his work, but more power to him. And he's also going to head a new Puss in Boots. I'm, I feel like I'm not really a big fan of his work either, so I can really agree I, with I, what I, you're saying. I, it's like I, I can understand why Melodondri works. I can understand what, where he's gotten to. The, he's basically trying to fill up the power vacuum that John Lasseter, after... Well, I mean, I think most of us have an idea of what happened with John Lasseter. Do yes. Yeah. Uh, go, I mean, I f- very brief. What, what okay, happened? Okay, John Lasseter, he was basically the Disney wonderkin for a while, effectively acting as a modern-day Waltz, only for it to kind of be realized after... Basically, the, he'd been known for being touchy with his employees yes. and be, get known to get... Very drunk at parties, partially due to the fact that he owns a vineyard, but that's not the point. He did not act as a boss should. And and plus, he was also known for kind of making movies like for personal means. It's like toy, Cars 2 only happened because he thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Mater was in Paris? And I'm pretty sure Car, Toy Story 4, the only reason that film was happening was, and don't cite me on this, was because he wanted to make a love letter to his wife and only that. And potentially get more toys because he really liked toys. <laughs> oh, I like the silence that is no, in after that. I feel like it's a bad idea. I, it's I feel like it's oh, a bad no, idea to is, reboot. I, I I feel like that's a consensus. This is a genuinely bad idea on most, if not all, fronts. I'm not sure about and, Puss in Boots because I feel like, you know, there's more leeway with that franchise. But by that same token, Shrek, it's not even 20 years old. It's like we've entered this point in the culture of Hollywood where we just ceaselessly recycle everything. 
And it feels like we're getting, we're getting to a point where we're just recycling the same stuff that we saw, regardless of its original quality. I feel like reboots and things like this should only be safe for films where it's like, the director can bring a completely new take to it or otherwise improve a failed project. But Shrek, despite its warts, despite its boils, it still functions. People still watch it. People still watch those movies. And that by rebooting it in this kind of Illumination-esque wheelhouse, you're directly stripping it of what made it unique to begin with. It's not being made by underdogs who are trying to fight against the system. It's now The original Shrek is now this reboot. It's being made by the system. It's basically being made by algorithm. And it's it makes it re- utterly pointless. You feel you might need very, to talk to somebody. <laughs> I think I do. Shrek. I think I do. I just I feel like I I I'm str- I believe strongly on these things. I'm a film critic, so I feel like oh you know when you remember something like Shrek, you remember how you remember it as a kid. You remember the nostalgia, mm-hmm. and that becomes part of it. And my gut feeling is that Shrek is not as strong without that nostalgia. It isn't. And I feel like. You know, when I watched Shrek as a kid, I feel like at least my mom was pretty annoyed by Shrek. And I feel (laughs) like, you know, it's something I feel like, you know, once you strip it of that, you know, that childhood view that you had, that nostalgia, it just can't be the same. Yeah. And And I just feel like Shrek, without its sense of humor, without those things, it is a product of its time, you know. And if you, you try to make something like Shrek in this day and age... I don't think it can work because it's mm-hmm. a different time. But they've made you know? it work. They've they've basically made the same movie three times at this point. They've made Despicable Me. They've made The Grinch. But they, they've made they've different. made their own. Working, no, that's not working Shrek. financially is not working in terms. of Is it a good film? Yeah, um, I feel like th- their new Shrek is going to do utterly gangbusters. In oh, terms it's going to do fabulous. But, it's, it's but that not, doesn't mean it's, it's, no, be a it's good not even film. going to get anywhere near the same level of quote unquote respect from audiences that either grew up with the original. I'm not sure how kids would respond to it. I'm maybe they'd like it. I have a feeling that it's like with how I'm kind of viewing it, it almost kind of feels like Facebook. Originally, it was made by college kids tr- who wanted to meet girls online, and eventually, as it became more and more global and kind of co-opted by older generations, it lost that kind of sheen to it. It lost that sense of uniquity or otherwise, you know, just kind of ambience to it. For you know, despite its flaws, and now we live in an age where I don't really use Facebook. I don't really feel a need to. It's like, it's just so caught up in... I guess what I'm trying to say is that by remaking Shrek with this kind of clientele, you're basically... It's you're going to lose out on a lot of the people who grew up with this film, who know this film, regardless of its quality, regardless of the nostalgia factor. It feels like you're just going to sand down what made it work to begin with in order to appeal to the modern... 21st century 2020 audience i mean yeah but i'm not sure the film and for me i'm not sure the original film works oh no no it's like it's it's, it's not deniable i mean it's it's not like that film is flawed it's like it does not really it's like on its own if ultimately this reboot um i think it's going to the despicable me films do insanely well especially amongst children um with this director it's going to be that type of humor and it's going to yeah. make a ton of money, and we're probably going to get a sequel, more probably multiple sequels. I can't wait for I can't wait for another seventeen years. We're going to get another <laughs> Shrek reboot. This is going to be like the endless it's, cycle. It's it's like it's like Bioshock Infinite. Shrek is love. Shrek is life, man. My thought is that you know it will do well, but I feel like it will it will be remembered by the internet in a different way. Like it's like yeah, 
like it's hard to describe i you know i think it's gonna be one of those films that like people are gonna see it it's gonna make money but we're all gonna hate it yeah. you know what i mean like i feel like it feels like it's how, just going it's oh i'm sorry it it's like how i view it i'm it's like it feels like it's basically going to be the second coming of shrek 3 <laughs> i don't feel it that way i feel it'll be different enough that it won't be the same and i feel like the way that the internet views shrek will change yeah and i feel like that i think that will be a detriment to the brand to mm. change what shrek means to the internet and i the honest truth is i don't think that what shrek means to the internet is something bankable okay. i don't think that's something you can really make money off yeah. of yeah how could you especially for kids like, and like if you go and change that and you destroy the value of your property, then what do you really have left? And it's undeniable wow. that they're going to try to bank on the new material for this movie. It's like, I guess the best way I could sum up all of this is, Grandpa's doing it, so it's not cool anymore. Well, you know what, guys? I hope it is good. Yeah, it I mean, probably oh, won't no, be. I'm, I'm, I, try, I try to be an optimist. I'm <laughs> it's just not going to be. But you know, I hope it, it I'm could wrong. Compl- it could completely blow my socks off. But so, final question, because. Oh my gosh, Shrek. There's so much Shrek. Yeah. Oh God, there's so much to Shrek and not enough to Shrek. We've touched on this. Ultimately, would you go back, watch Shrek, and and recommend it to people who haven't seen it before? As a period piece of the early 2000s and with the context of knowing what is happening. Otherwise, I feel like with modern audience, it's like with kids, I'm sure it'd still click. But otherwise... I feel like if you're a normal film goer doing these kinds of things, I feel like there's a lot in that film that could really turn somebody off in the yeah. first five minutes. I, I definitely agree. What do you think, Sam? I would unapologetically recommend the second one. <laughs> um, the first one, if I had yeah. a child, I would show it to them before showing them Trek 2 yeah. for the purpose of showing them the second one. You know, I, I don't think the Trek's a bad movie, and I feel like you know your average audience goer that can relate to that style of humor would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... It's like what I was saying earlier. I feel like without that childhood nostalgia, it can't be the same. I agree. And I definitely am on the same page of Shrek 2 is great. Oh, yeah. No, I Shrek love Shrek 2. 2. Is honestly enjoyable. Uh, but the first Shrek, it's fine. If I had kids, they'd watch it probably and they'd probably love it. But it's not as smart as I think a lot of people remember it as. Um, so I almost feel like the know. second one's a smarter movie. I do oh, too. It it's it definitely is. smarter. It's not just smarter. It's more enjoyable. Like yeah. the characters really get a shine and everything. Well, I just feel like I, I feel like the the themes of Shrek two I think hit better than the themes of Shrek one. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like you know like if you if you remember like Shrek two with like the themes of like Shrek feeling like insecure in his body, mm-hmm. those seem more genuine than the themes of like Fiona learning to love herself do. Yeah. And. It's the natural extension of the themes in the first film. It is, but it's. I think that is a team with a bigger budget, more time, more understanding. It's kind of interesting because on the Disney side, I argue Toy Story 2 is the better than Toy Story and I Toy agree. Story 3. So you have Disney's sequel, and it's widely agreed. Trevor, it is widely agreed. No, no, no. You I'm, are I'm, wrong. I'm, no, I'm not, I'm, not <laughs> saying, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that Toy Story 2 isn't worse than the third one. I mean, obviously, honestly, I feel that all three stand on their own merits. But by that same token, I'd have to watch them over again to kind of get a better idea. Toy Story 2 is the best film ever made. No, Toy Story Hot 2 take. is incredible. I love Toy Story 2. Oh, no, I'm not denying that they're bad, uh, that they're not good movies. I, they're honestly some of the best that we got. When I saw Toy Story 3 in theaters, I think I was disappointed by it. I I'm was, too. But in terms of, like, DreamWorks, I think it's interesting that both, like, the top of, the, like, the 3D animation, like, monoliths, I guess, are both the sequels that are 
primarily regarded as like the strongest. Isn't that kind of strange? Usually yeah. sequels aren't as good. I mean, it's like with Pixar, it's like so far they've only really been able to make their Toy Story sequels work. It's yeah, all of their other sequels that aren't. Yeah, Finding Dory is okay. It's fine. I, the first, the first two acts of Finding Dory are okay, and then once it gets to the final third of the film, it's boring. It completely loses me. It's so because boring. Because they make one choice in that moment, and then it all just completely jumps the shark. Yeah. Sorry. I, you know, at least with Finding Dory, I feel like I emotionally relate to what happens in the movie. And I, I remember I saw, like, The Good Dinosaur, and I felt nothing. I thought I'd turn that movie off. I would rather watch every Shrek sequel than The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't understand. You know, I've, absolutely. I've actually seen The Good Dinosaur. But I didn't see it in theaters, but um, as you were saying. It's not good. <laughs> watch no, Shrek exactly. 1, like, 2, 3, and 4 over The Good Dinosaur. Absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe skip 3. Maybe. No, if it no, we gotta never even consider watching the good dinosaur. Watch three twice if you're thinking about it. Listen, I would I would wholeheartedly recommend the good dinosaur over Shrek three. (laughs) I mean, because at at least at least with good dinosaur, the visuals are really nice. eh, And either way, Shrek. The backgrounds are the backgrounds are. Either way, Shrek. You know, you're you're fighting Disney almost single-handedly. I guess you know how to train your dragons up there too now. But great job, Shrek. And we could talk about Shrek all day. But oh my gosh, guys, we've talked about Shrek for like an hour. So an hour of our lives will never get back, and neither will you, audience at home. Because Shrek is that important. And thank you guys so much for joining me. And with me, your host Emily Rubin. Today I have Trevor Sheffield, the resident Shrekspert. Sam Lance. <laughs> And again, I'm Emily Rubin. And be sure to follow us at ByteBSU on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, our YouTube. And keep up to date with all of our content. Everything is posted to ByteBSU.com and the Ball State Daily. So be sure to check us out. This has been your host, Emily Rubin. And remember, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Get Shreked!